This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. The Joyce Kaufman Podcast is being brought to you by Code Red Roofers, South Florida's leading residential and commercial roof experts. Code Red Roofers, roofers that respond. Call 844-4-CODE-RED or visit coderedroofers.com. All righty. It's midweek. It's uh. I like to refer to this as Trump Day instead of Hump Day because, of course, new polls are out showing that in a head-on race, Donald Trump beats Joe Biden. You're going to see sentiment move all over the place. We have a year and a three quarters until the presidential election. So there'll be a lot of swings this way, that way, and the other way. And of course, the media will try to downplay that poll and instead play up the uh, Georgia is coming up with an indictment and all that other crap. I think it's just... uh, I think it's just a lot of fury and noise, and we ought to be paying attention to the really important stuff and not to what the media tells us is important. Because once again, the media really, you know, they're invested in there being as much controversy as possible. Yeah, you know, I find it fascinating that for months now, literally months, and even I fell into this trap a little bit myself, everybody has been making fun of Tucker Carlson, you know, he's too much of an isolationist for me. I've said that a number of times, but he's also been pointing out the fact that uh, the Ukraine has historically been the most corrupt government like ever. I think I just heard Brian Kilmeade refer to that and uh, Martha, whatever her name is, Martha McCallum saying, well, you know, that's why they weren't allowed into the European Union, that's why they weren't allowed into NATO and all these other places because there's so much corruption there. Well, that's what Tucker Carlson's been saying since the get-go. And all of a sudden, you know, I'm hearing it from uh, from not just members of the Fox media, but also members of, uh, you know, mainstream, if you want to call it that. It's just lame, lame stream, whatever you want to call it. But I have to say, I think it's fascinating because what's happening is it's empowered a lot of far uh, far aligned groups to come together. In other words, the far left and the far right have more to agree on these days than they ever did before. It's amazing to me. You know, if you are the kind of person, which I am, who evaluates every single incident on its own merit, I don't adhere to any uh, overall philosophy. I'm usually in direct opposition to everybody, which is okay. It's a comfortable place for me. I don't recommend it for people who aren't thick-skinned because you'll get beat about the head quite a bit. But I, I had to laugh today when I'm listening to all of these people saying like, well, wait a minute, you know, we're sending tanks now. Uh, U.S. and Germany are sending tanks to the Ukraines and, you know, there's headlines on, you know, some of these aggregate websites 
that say Russia tank fury. Nazi, bad word. This extremely dangerous decision takes the conflict to a new level. Furious Russia vows Western vehicles will burn as Germany confirms it will give tanks to Ukraine, prompting Putin's TV puppets to call for a nuclear strike on Berlin. I'm just saying. You know, it's not just uh, Chancellor uh, Schultz who has decided to send tanks to Germany. It's President Biden. So this administration is going to have to say something and tell us why now. You know, all this time that people have been championing Zelensky, the comedian, and, and look, I think he's uh, he's been a very um, powerful figure, and he has done an amazing job of rehabilitating the Ukraine in the eyes of the world. He's sympathetic, he's uh, uh, educated, he's all of the things, all the right stuff, right? But he's also part of a very corrupt government that today or yesterday fired like 11 mayors and all kinds of people in power for corruption. Well, you know, interesting that they waited to fire these people until the U.S. and Germany said, hey, wait a minute, I don't know about this, uh, you know, sending tanks now and really infuriating Russia. If you guys are spending the money on, you know, oligarchs, Uh, Ukrainian oligarchs now who are running around the world in yachts or floating around the world in yachts, uh, flying around the world in private jets, and your country's under siege. People people are living in bomb shelters. They're bombing schools and hospitals, and you guys seem to be living the life. That's the point, that... You know, it's one thing to poke the bear, and of course Russia is the bear. It's one thing to poke the bear in defense of principled countries or in defense of the United States in our case. It's a whole other thing to poke the bear on behalf of people who are corrupt and who are will take your money, take your tanks, and cause a world war. Probably not the smartest thing to do, right? Definitely not the smartest thing to do. And I'm not an isolationist. I think I said from the beginning, we should have gone in fiercely, not boots on the ground, but we should have uh, brought tons of weaponry to the Ukrainians and let them win. But instead, we dragged this out a year. And now we're going to give them what they needed to win a year ago. It's not going to be enough now. You know, Russia is going to, uh, especially if what I'm hearing is true that uh, Putin is paranoid and the people surrounding him are recommending he do crazy things like bomb Berlin. Something's got to give. And that something is public sentiment. We got to stop all this rah, rah, rah Zelensky stuff. Thank God Congress is no longer in the hands of uh, Nancy Pelosi, the number one cheerleader, but I haven't seen the Republicans take a strong position on Zelensky's corruption either. So it's going to be up to the public. We got to move them. And we're so busy. We're trying to move them on the border. We're trying to move them on the debt. We're trying to move them on, uh, you know, just uh, this, this whole, when is this COVID nightmare going to end? Now again, the uh, 
the people are trying to 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 reinstitute all kinds of draconian limitations on my life as if covid is always their excuse you can bet your bottom they're gearing up for covid restrictions causing mail in ballots for the presidential election that's just a given and if they don't elect Harmeet Dillon or somebody besides Ronna McDaniel, it can be very tough to win an election. Again, we find that the Pentagon has failed its audit. This is the fifth one in a row. The Government Accountability Office shared a report that revealed the Department of Defense has failed for five times in a row. They could not account for at least 200 20 billion with the B dollars in government furnished property. You know, there's a federal law mandate that says the DOD has to complete audits. But for years, they didn't do anything. The agency was just so big that they couldn't do it. So now that the audits are back in place, the Pentagon cannot prove expenditures for three quarters of its $3.5 trillion in assets. That's 61%. <coughs> this year's audit of the DOD was expected to cost $218 million. And to make it happen, the agency aggregated 27 separate audits that were conducted by about 1,600 auditors. According to military.com, the auditors made 220 in-person site visits and 750 virtual site visits. The General Accounting Office report indicated that auditors alerted the DOD in 2021 and revealed that the agency failed to keep track of its government-furnished property. The lack of accountability over government property in the possession of contractors has been reported by auditors for decades, the GAO report stated. Meanwhile, they're hiring $87,000 worth of IRS agents, right, to come after you. But the Department of Defense, this gigantic agency with this multi-billion dollar budget, can't tell you where the chairs and desks are. Never mind more important hardware. For example, in 2014, the Pentagon reported that the approximate value of its uh, GFP was, let's see, what did they say it was back then? About $220 billion dollars. That's grossly understated. Everybody agrees. In 2016, we reported that the Army indicated the actual number of this, these GFP assets is unknown and that actual quantities may be greatly different than the Army's documented report records reflect. And this is serious. You know, we're talking about a very important agency. Would you not agree? The Department of Defense? And, and they can't, they got no bookkeeping that's worth looking at. We're worried about the Ukraine and how they may be corrupt. You know, every time you point one finger at somewhere else, there's three pointing back at you. And I looked at this number today, failing audits for five years straight. And I asked myself, will it get better with a Republican-led house? And I'll leave that question out there, just sort of dangling in the wind. And you tell me if your expectation is that it's going to get better. 
with the Republicans and a slim majority in the House. Um, I'm going to tell you how I feel about it right now. Not a chance. Not a chance. This is already, this Department of Defense is already too huge to be managed. The federal government is too huge to be managed. Uh, It's not just the Pentagon that can't prove their expenditures. It's the uh, the energy department. It's the any. It's the national education department. It's the uh, you name it. The certainly the Department of Justice is a disaster right now. <clears throat> Nobody trusts them. We don't trust the FBI. We don't trust the CIA. We don't know who's a spy. We don't know where the spies are. We don't want people on the Intel Committee. By the way, I put up on the uh, uh, daily download at 850 WFTL, I threw up uh, my first positive statement about Kevin McCarthy because he shut down some reporter who asked, you know, how dare he uh, dismiss guys like Adam Schiff and Eric Swalwell from the Intelligence Committee? And my question is, how dare Nancy Pelosi not have removed them after they were caught time after time lying to the American public after the FBI itself reported that Swalwell was compromised by a Chinese spy that he was, uh, you know, banging. Come on, guys. That's the question you're going to ask McCarthy. Thank goodness he answered it quite well. And he said, what are you kidding? You know, even, even the Department of Justice was watching Swalwell. What was he doing sitting on the Intel Committee where they get information that nobody else gets, even other congressmen don't get? But that's why, you know, the government is just too large. Anybody who doesn't see that doesn't understand what the founding fathers were talking about and why we have 50 states and why those states were supposed to keep an eye on things and be laboratories to see what works best and not cede so much power over to a national government sitting in Washington, D.C., probably the most unrealistic place on earth to have to sit making decisions for, you know, people living in uh, Kansas and people living in Florida and people living in Iowa and people living in Missouri and Montana. You know, we don't live the same lives. I'm really grateful I live in Florida because I got a governor who says, you know what? We're not going to even fund African-American studies if they're going to be critical race theory. How about that? Yahoo is all I can say. But the federal government making decisions about what we do here in Florida or making decisions about what Governor Huckabee Sanders does, you know, in Arkansas or even what Governor Gavin Newsom does in California because whatever he does in California is just like a harbinger. It tells you what's coming to the rest of us if we're not careful. And it it don't look good. California is a pretty poor experiment in how to run a government, that's for sure. Anyway, let me take a quick time out. Don't forget to download our app, the 850 WFTL app. Don't forget to look at the website. and Well, anyway, for now, you can look at the website and see all the news stories. And, of course, stay right where you are because I'll be right back. So uh, Senator Josh Hawley, who's becoming quickly one of my favorite uh, characters in Washington, and we'll see how long that lasts, but uh, he's introducing legislation to ban TikTok so that it can't be distributed in the United States anymore. He announced the bill on Twitter back last week, maybe it was Monday, saying that the app gives China's communist regime a means of violating the privacy of Americans, including children. TikTok is China's backdoor 
into American lives, Hawley said. It threatens our children's privacy as well as their mental health. You know, I'm a person who believes in freedom, right? And I think that if an adult wants to waste their time looking at TikTok, knowing full well that their information can be compromised, let the dummy, you know, and I say that with love because, you know, I'm, I'm married to someone who won't take me seriously and periodically still gets, uh, you know, uh, gets, has fun w watching these TikTok videos. But the reality is that there are some things that need to be protected and children are one of those things. That's why I'm pro-life. That's why I don't believe in allowing you know, seven-year-olds to tell you that they're boys when they're girls. You know, I, I'm just one of these people who think we have to protect children, sometimes even from themselves, and definitely from the Communist Chinese Party, you know, and definitely from the, you know, the radical transgender movement. It's our job to protect these kids. So I'm curious, you know, Congress banned Anybody who has a government device, so in other words, if you're a congressman, if you're a governor, and you have a device that was issued to you by the uh, the powers that be, if you're the governor issued by the state of Florida, or if you're you know in Washington issued by the United States government, you cannot access TikTok on your laptop. You can't uh, do it on your hard, you know, your whatever you call these things that sit in your houses and aren't laptops. I forgot already. Everybody's got laptops, but you can't do it on your phone. You can't do it on any device that is government issued. So now uh, Josh Hawley wants to ban it nationwide. And I really wrestled with this all morning because for a person like me who believes in freedom and freedom of choice, I think education is fundamental. I think people now know that TikTok um, is a, a, a problem, that TikTok and its parent company are definitely mining the behavior of Americans, and in particular of young Americans, and they're then, they're storing the information. The parent company of TikTok is a company in Beijing called ByteDance, which is inextricably linked every way you turn to the Communist Chinese Party. So guess who gets all your data? Guess who gets all your children's data? The CCP, no question about it. TikTok is a national security threat, which is why the government has said you cannot access TikTok on a government-issued uh, device. So if it's that serious, what does Josh Hawley know that the rest of us don't know that he thinks a nationwide ban is in order. And by the way, he's got quite a bit of support on both sides of the aisle. He says, in light of all we know, it's unthinkable to me that we should continue to permit federal employees, those workers entrusted with sensitive government data to access this app, even when they're not on a device that was issued to them. And because the parent company of TikTok is a Chinese company, the Chinese government, at any moment it wants to, can insist upon, t uh, you know, to take all the extractable data of a lot of these TikTok users 
in this country and in other countries and to shape the content of what goes on TikTok. And then as well, just to serve the interests of the Chinese leadership. Christopher Wray, the FBI director, not a big fan of his, but even he said the app could be used to collect data on Americans for the Communist Chinese Party and to conduct untold numbers of influence operations. You know, I got people saying, oh, you know, the Russians uh, were giving, they had uh, bots and they were steering people during the elections away from Hillary Clinton. And and that was a big deal, right? Everybody was talking about that. But knowing that communist China has the ability to infiltrate and gain our information and then, well, basically tailor the content on TikTok to move the needle, whether it's to move the needle to buy goods, whether it's to move the needle to not hate China and communism, whether it's to move the needle to uh, continue to demean and diminish the value of capitalism and therefore freedom, that's pretty serious stuff. If you're controlling data collection on millions of users or you control the algorithms that lead them to certain uh, videos or to certain sites. Because I can tell you right now, I was frightened off of TikTok the day that I installed the app. And I installed it because I would watch my husband and he would giggle and have a great time watching these videos. And he, he likes to watch videos about like cats doing crazy things. And he, he watches videos about, you know, uh, little kids who are super smart and say crazy things to their parents. So they're entertaining. They're not really harmful in any way. But when I downloaded the app, none of those came up on my uh, feed. No, no, what came up on my feed was primarily um, conservative people saying conservative things. Now, how did the, you know, how did the TikTok app understand what would appeal to me? Because by virtue of me just downloading that app, it received information, data, bytes, about where I frequent and what my belief system is like. And then they catered to that belief system. It didn't know that all I wanted to see were cat videos. No, it presumed that I'd be open to political statements. And so that's what it gave me. That scared me right off of TikTok. Within a minute, I had unloaded or whatever, you know, detransitioned my phone and my laptop and everything else. No TikTok. Now close the account, nothing. I don't want anything to do with TikTok. It's probably too late. They have all my information. But I can understand Josh Hawley's, you know, insistence that we ban this nationwide. And then the other side of Joyce rears up and says, what about choice? What about people who don't care, who've made up in their minds that if the government uh, of China uh, knows what kind of cat food they buy, doesn't bother them? What about people who go on this TikTok site or whatever it is, app, strictly for entertainment purposes? You know, the other thing that came up when I first opened it up that day was a lot of like, uh, you know, uh, Christian information and News about Israel. I mean, they knew exactly who I was and what I was interested in. And that scared the life out of me. 
Apparently, it's scaring Josh Hawley as well. But I'm torn. I don't know about the rest of you, but I'm torn between wanting the freedom to choose, even if it's not good for me. You know, watching them. You know, you can't buy menthol cigarettes hardly anywhere anymore, and eventually they'll be banned completely. Now, I quit smoking uh, 11 years ago at the insistence of my family. I didn't want to. I loved my cool miles um, with an occasional Newport thrown in. No more menthol cigarettes. So people like me then and people who today may have been smoking mentholated cigarettes for decades are suddenly going to find themselves stuck with a Marlboro. To me, that's a fate worse than death. If I had to bum a cigarette from somebody because I didn't bring my cigarettes and they offered me a non-mentholated cigarette, I said, that's okay, never mind. I'll go without. You know, I'll, I'll, uh, I'll drink some highly sugared beverage and try to forget how, you know, how much discomfort I'm in. So I, I maintain, like, if you want to smoke after everything you've heard, including me for years, knowing that it could cause lung cancer, knowing that it could cause throat cancer, knowing that people ended up with COPD, like my husband, all these things, I knew all these things. If I still chose to smoke, well, that's on me. And maybe TikTok is comparable. I don't know. But I do, uh, I do credit Josh Hawley with bucking the trend all the time. He doesn't care. He really doesn't care what everybody, including people like me who kind of like him, think. If he thinks it's right, he brings forward a bill. That's novel, right? We haven't seen that in a long time. So we'll see. Uh, in the meantime, I got to take a break. When I come back, uh, I want to talk about uh, the, the, um, the idea that we have allowed our government to push agendas into our children through the schools that we don't agree with and are very, very dangerous. When did we drop the ball this way? And when are we going to pick it up and get back in the fight? I'll be right back. My, my, my. I don't know. I just don't know. The way they lie about everything, right? You know, Governor DeSantis takes these very controversial stands and they, they quickly tag whatever bill he's proposing or whatever executive order he's suggesting. It's always anti-something, right? So he, he took a stand against critical race theory. He's been doing that since, you know, since he got into the governor's office. And so on, uh, on Friday on CNN, there was a um, Scott Jennings and this former Ohio State Senator, Nina Turner. And they were having a, a debate about the issue. And so Jennings was sort of calmly uh, explaining um, why Governor DeSantis made this decision and why it's the, a good decision, why everybody should support it. He, talk about, he talked about how this law requires the teaching of African-American history. And then the other person that was on the show with him, this Nina Turner, who used to be a state senator in Ohio, she said that you're, you want to take away people's right to speak. And he said, no, you know, African-American history was not only taught, but it actually was expanded since Governor DeSantis took office. And then he tried to argue that it was only being taught in the way that Governor DeSantis 
or she tried to say, well, it's only being taught the way Governor DeSantis wants it to be. And so then Jennings said that, no, no, it's a good education on actual African-American history. And he said the more in common study that showed that Republicans were not hostile to a balanced teaching of American history, as some people on the left want you to believe. He said, look, I've done my research on the matter, and Governor DeSantis made the right decision. Critical race theory is dangerous. It's divisive. It's a form of racism that seeks to divide people by race and class. There's no place for that in education. Critical race theory teaches that racism is built into the very structure of our society and that members of certain races should be viewed differently than others, which is completely antithetical to what uh, you know America means and America should be striving towards. We should be cheering for Governor DeSantis and we need more states to take a stand against critical race theory. We need to ensure that our kids are actually getting a fair and a balanced education free from any form of racism. Teaching kids to not you know, trust white people is really racist. The goal of education should be to help shape our kids into responsible citizens, not to indoctrinate them with these crazy ideologies. And, and I, you know, look, I think Governor DeSantis has proven to be a great governor, but he ain't ready to be president yet. So just, y'all need to calm down, okay? It's just, it's the stupidest argument uh, over and over again. Well, he did this and he's so good at this. Yeah, yeah, that's what a governor's supposed to do. Rick Scott was a good governor too. You know, there are lots of good governors. Jeb Bush was okay. Not a great governor. My son worked for that administration, so in full, you know, maybe uh, in full disclosure, I should say that one of the reasons I'm not that impressed with the Bush uh, years as governor of Florida is because my son worked in there. And uh, the stories that he told me um, really made me not a big fan of the Bushes. I didn't even vote for George. How about that? Ever. Not once out of the two times, but just my personal preference, you know. Um, I didn't vote for the for the Democrat either, just so, so you can not send me the, you voted for John Kerry, you voted for this one, that, no, 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 I voted for, you know, third-party candidates every time. Uh, and the only time I actually didn't vote for a third-party candidate and the candidate won was when I voted for Donald Trump. How about that? And guess what? I'm going to get to do it again. And I'm going to do it with such a an enthusiasm and such a you know joy that all of you who continually harass me about it will once again you know get to apologize and buy me many many steak dinners. That's all I'm going to say. But I I'm growing ever more confident. Every day that passes, I am more convinced that the time is right, that people are just uh, fed up. There are no contenders for this nomination uh, that I can see. And you can keep uh, you know banging the drum for Ron DeSantis all you want. He will not survive the first round if Trump is running. That's all, and that's okay with me. It's not his time. He should you know he should wait and keep leading Florida the way he has been doing, and then he will have a heck of a good uh, reputation to run on. That's all. 
but he is not the fighter that we need right now. I need somebody who don't care what you say about him or her. You know, I'm not adverse to a, a, a ballsy, gutsy female either. I know that uh, some people are suggesting that Trump would pick, uh, what's her name, MGT. Uh, she, won't, she, she would really harm the ticket, in my opinion. I don't think he'll do that. Um, I am not a fan of just about anyone that I've heard suggested. I wish that uh, I wish that he'd make up with Mike Pence. Really, that would make me very happy. But I don't think that's going to happen. But there are a couple other people on the horizon that would be very capable. I don't think he has to pick a woman. I don't think he has to pick a minority candidate. I don't think any of those things. I think he would serve the country well if he if he selected someone who was actually qualified to be the president because he'll be old. Got to have somebody in there who can uh, take over the reins if they need to. And there are some, you know. I, um, I'll give you my list when we get closer. But, uh, yeah. And, and, and the most amazing part about the bench of the Republican Party is it's deep. It's just, it lacks vim and vigor, if you know what I mean, right? Like, the few that make a lot of noise are not likable. You know, it, it, Ted Cruz is a brilliant man and he makes a lot of noise and much of, much of it is very relevant and very, you know, very in accordance with my beliefs. But he's just, he's unelectable. <laughs> I don't know how else to say it. He could only win an election in Texas, okay? And even there, it was tough for him to win elections. So, uh, you know, I'm not, uh, I, I'm, I'm struggling. I'm looking for that perfect candidate. I don't like Nikki Haley. I think she's, uh, you know, an empty suit for the most part. Um, she's got good, good uh, instincts, but no, no real fight. Uh, Mike Pence, you know, knocked himself out, and I'm not sure what it, you know the discovery of these documents at Mike Pence's uh, home really signify. Last night I heard an interesting. Um, take on it from Tucker Carlson, he thought that this actually helped Joe Biden and that Mike Pence might have been strong-armed into doing this to help um, Joe Biden because I think Mike Pence has made it clear that he doesn't want to see Donald Trump in the race. And Donald Trump's already declared he's in the race. So um, I think he would do anything to bolster any opposition to Donald Trump, which is very sad. It really is because he was a great partner for Donald Trump. And if he hadn't, uh, you know, stood up there and acted like he was, uh, there was an insurrection going on, he'd probably go ahead to be that partner again. He did keep him on the ticket the second election. So we'll say, you know, I just, I watch the goings on all the time. I look at the Josh Hawley's and as much as I like his, uh, you know, he's got the, the guts to get in there and fight. Again, his instincts are or, or they're just a little bit off, you know? We can't be the party of freedom, and by that I mean conservatives, not Republicans. The Republicans are the party of, uh, you know, it's a uniparty, I agree. It's all Democrats and Republicans all want the same thing. Power, to stay in power, and to take as much power away from you and me as possible. But there are some that are less uh, determined to do that. I think Josh Hawley is one of those. But again, you know, just no broad mass appeal from a guy like that. And do we really want to become the party that limits people's free freedoms? How is that a winning formula? 
you know, if, if I want somebody who's going to take away my freedoms and not let me choose whether to smoke a mentholated cigarette or whether to, you know, watch a streaming TikTok on my phone, I could vote for a Democrat. Although never did I ever expect that one day, if I wanted to see America involved in as many wars all over the world as possible, that I would vote for a Democrat. But that's the, they have become the party of warmongers now. And it sure has challenged Republicans to come up with who they are the party for. If they're the party of the working class, then you can't take away menthol cigarettes, all right? And you probably can't take away TikTok or Reels or any of the other uh, inexpensive entertainment that people who are working as hard as they can just to stay in the same place, they want to indulge in, that's all. So I, I'm just, I was thinking a couple of nights ago when I first heard this story about how mentholated cigarettes were going to be banned, and I was thinking to myself, boy, you know, there's a whole lot of mobsters out there, criminals, who are going to make a ton of money off of this, right? Because black market, uh, you know, cools and, and, and Newports are, are going to be like the hot commodity. I'm trying to figure out if it's going to be like the drug trade. Do you have to go into a really like shady neighborhood where they're selling, you know, pills and, and, uh, cocaine and heroin to get a cool cigarette? I mean, I know they're going to sell them like, you know, one at a time. <laughs> I just, you know, oh my gosh, look at, look at this. Can you imagine? With the problems we have in America today, they're worried about banning mentholated cigarettes. They're still talking about guns in California. You have the most restricted gun show, gun uh, laws in the nation. How's that working for you, Governor Newsom? So now you want it to be imposed on the whole country because you're afraid that people are getting guns elsewhere and bringing them to California. Well, guess what? Maybe they bring them to California because they know they'll be unopposed. They whip out their gun. The odds are pretty good that they can kill a whole bunch of people because nobody else has a gun to stop them. Just saying. You know, I hate to hit you with logic, Governor Newsom and the California State Legislature, but that is the logic. Don't forget, coming up at 1 o'clock, Dan Bongino. At uh, 4 o'clock, Ben Shapiro. And I think Michael Knowles is on it. I don't know. I heard him a couple of times this week. Um we have the WPTV News at 6 o'clock. We have Joe Pags and Lars uh, Larson uh, coming up after that. And, of course, the morning crew will be back first thing in the morning. In the meantime, I'm going to come back and finish this show off, so stay right where you are. All right, so I've gotten about four emails uh, this morning alone about how at midnight la last night or this morning, AT&T's DirecTV cut Newsmax signal and shut the network off for more than 13 million customers who get direct TV stream and Uverse. And so they did it to OAN back in April of 2022. And they just did it to Newsmax, despite the fact that Newsmax is, uh, I don't know, I think is number four in cable news channels. Not that there are that many, but uh, it's a top 20 cable news channel overall. It's watched by 25 million Americans on cable alone. And DirecTV's answer was, well, we're doing some cost cutting and would never pay Newsmax a cable license fee. DirecTV pays cable license fees to all top 75 cable channels and to all 22 liberal news and information channels it carries. Almost all of these channels are paid hefty license fees, significantly more than Newsmax was seeking, and despite the fact that most of the channels have much lower ratings than Newsmax. 
This is a blatant act of political discrimination and censorship against Newsmax, says Christopher Ruddy, CEO of Newsmax. The most extreme liberal channels, even with tiny ratings, get fees from AT&T's DirecTV, but Newsmax and OAN need to be deplatformed. As the news spread in Congress that they were being uh, deplatformed, 41 Republican congressmen led by Representative Wesley Hunt of Texas sent a letter to the CEOs of AT&T, DirecTV, and hedge fund TPG Capital, which is the minority operator of the satellite system, warning of hearings. The members of Congress also demanded to know why conservative media was being targeted for censorship with a letter noting that the House is deeply concerned about this undemocratic assault on free speech. If Newsmax is, is removed from DirecTV in less than a year, House Republicans will have lost two of the three cable news channels that reach conservative voters on a platform that primarily serves conservative-leaning areas of the country. The letter was signed by the most significant members of the House GOP Conference Chair Elise Stefanik, House Oversight Chair James Comer, and Ways and Means Chair Jason Smith. Hunt's letter claims that DirecTV is moving to deplatform Newsmax by denying it cable fees on a fair and equitable basis. AT&T DirecTV's decision to drop OAN and Newsmax comes in the heels of a February 2021 letter written by Representative Anna Eshoo, the Democrat from California, and then Representative Jerry McNerney from California, demanding that cable and satellite TV providers explain their alleged role in the spread of dangerous misinformation by carrying conservative networks. After that, they removed OAN from DirecTV, and about the same time, the Biden administration speedily approved AT&T's proposed $43 billion merger of its Warner Media Division with Discovery. AT&T continues to own 70% of DirecTV, but in 2021, added TPG Capital as its partner with a 30% stake in 2021. TPG, a Texas-based financial firm and hedge fund, is known for its liberal politics. FEC documents show that since 1993, 90% of its donations have gone to Democrat candidates and committees. Hunt's letter added, Newsmax is one of the most watched cable news channels in America. Millions of people turn to Newsmax. I used to do commercials to tell you to turn to Newsmax um, because people like a free press, a fair press. But you know what? Well, I'm not going to say it. But there, there is a... There's a greed factor that's playing in here. And that uh, I happen to know that Newsmax um, really was asking for more than they thought they would even get. And they, you know, they, they call their bluff. AT&T called their bluff. If you're seeking a fee with a 75% discount to its market value, Compared to fees currently being paid, well, then, you know, they have a right to say, we're not going to carry you. But you have a right to have as much information available from as many sources as possible. So if you're a direct TV customer, call them. You can call them, you know, and, and, and demand that they bring your station back on the air. And if they don't, you're going to cancel. And if you speak to a live operator, let them know 
you're aware that Newsmax live stream is ending soon on other platforms. So unless you get it on DirecTV, you will have to cancel their service. And if you're an AT&T customer for any of their products, call them and demand they end their censorship. I think I'm going to do that. I'm an AT&T uh, customer, and I'm going to demand that they uh, stop censoring Newsmax. There's a petition online you can go to. It's IWantNewsmax.com. And, of course, call your congressman. In my case, it'll do no good. My congressman probably is one of the champions to shut down all conservative media. So I won't call him, but I will call all of the conservative champions out there and remind them that they'll have nowhere to go. You know, um, They can go on the uh, lamestream media, but they get excoriated there and talked about as soon as they're off camera. So it's probably not the best choice for them. And that'll just leave them with Fox. And Fox is uh, diminishing in its reach and definitely diminishing in its importance in my world. I literally watch about six hours a week of Fox and only because it's less disgusting than everything else, but it's still pretty disgusting. Anyway, that just about does it for me. So I am going to move aside and let Dan Bongino take over the microphone. And, you know, that's, that's, I'm leaving you in very capable hands, although he hasn't sounded in the best of health lately. I can sure relate to that since I have not been in the best of health lately. And, uh, and both of us are wondering what that has to do with things that were forced into our bloodstreams two years ago. Anyway, I thank you for your time this time until next time. And my plan is to be back here tomorrow at noon, if it be his will and he delays his coming. What lies behind us and what lies ahead of us, those are tiny matters compared to what lies within us. So wherever you are, you just be yourself because everybody else is taken. And again, if you care about Newsmax, call your direct TV line, tell them you want it back. Um, go to the petition site. It's IWantMyNewsMax.com. Sign the petition and stop rolling over and playing dead every time they pull these power grabs on you. That's a dangerous way to live. God bless you and God bless the United States of America. The Joyce Kaufman Podcast has been brought to you by Code Red Roofers, South Florida's leading residential and commercial roof experts. Code Red Roofers, roofers that respond. Call 844-4-CODE-RED or visit coderedroofers.com.